sweet friends, and welcome back to another episode of Giving Grace. I'm your host, Alexandra Hansen, and this week's kind of a little bonus episode. I believe this will be releasing on Friday, and this is going to be a quick little episode. I had people asking questions after I posted my travel episode, which was not my usual content. So from time to time, I will be posting these little bonus episodes, if you will, that are going to be quick to the point about uh, different topics that you guys write in about and or that you want expansion on from one of the main episodes. So I'll try to do these bonus episodes where I feel like they're needed. And so anyways, let's get into it. I'm going to try to cover everything that people reached out to me about. Uh, Biggest one was traveling on a budget um, and how to find deals, things like that. Um, So Uh, I will say a few things here is traveling does not have to be expensive, especially as Americans. I feel we have this weird stigma that traveling is really expensive. Don't get me wrong. It is what I would consider a need not uh, or uh, a want, not a need necessarily. And so I know it can be harder to prioritize it within the budget, Um, but it, it does not have to be expensive. Okay. I think all in flights, hotels, experiences, and food. My husband and I spent two weeks in Portugal. Uh, I think we spent in total $2,500 to $3,000. And some of those were what I would consider um, luxury expenditures. Um, So we didn't have to spend that much. I know when we went to Mexico, I think for five days for an all-inclusive, it was $3,400. And that didn't feel like a good investment of money for experience. But again, we travel differently than most people. There's nothing wrong with a cruise. There's nothing wrong with going to a resort if that is your idea of relaxing. For my husband and I, we're just very adventurous and we want to see the whole world. And so that's kind of what this episode is based on. So without um, digressing too much, traveling on a budget, number one thing I'm going to tell you (laughs) is plan way in advance so it doesn't feel so daunting to save and budget accordingly. Now, as I've gotten older, I don't have to travel or I don't have to budget as far in advance as I did when I was in my early 20s or even when I was 19. Um, When I was younger and not making as much money, I did have to plan sometimes a year, year and a half in advance for the trips I was taking. So um, biggest thing is plan way in advance so it doesn't feel so daunting to save. Less time you have, less time to save, obviously. So um, another big thing, wherever you're wanting to go, plan on going during non-touristy times for that country. So um, wherever you're planning on going, do the research. What is their off-season? What is their on-season? Um, you know, usually in it's in the Northern Hemisphere, summertime usually in European countries are the most packed and the most touristic. We usually try to go to Europe in January, February, just because it's their non-touristy times. Uh, just because uh, food is usually cheaper, accommodation is probably usually cheaper. Um, Non-touristic times are just cheaper in general for all aspects. So um, usually flights are cheaper. So if you, two things you can either do. If you have a place you really, 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 really have always wanted to go and is on your bucket list and you're sticking to that, awesome. I would recommend you probably plan in advance for that because 
um, you're not giving yourself a lot of flexibility. So because one of the things that we do when we're traveling on a budget, which is usually what we're always doing because we don't care where we go, we have not really had um, any one particular place in mind for us when we travel, is we are always usually really, really flexible. Um, we usually have a four to six month window that we know we can travel within given my husband's job and given my job. So we know we have like a four to six months time to play with and we don't care where we're going. So we are able to be flexible with our destination. But for those of you that say you have Ireland in mind, you're going to want to do a lot of research, find out when it's the least touristy, find the cheap flights, things like that. But for us, we are more flexible. So I think it's really fun and it's like one of my hobbies slash I really enjoy it is I just love watching airline prices. As nerdy as that sounds, it sounds like, I don't know, it sounds like my dad bird watching almost. It sounds so nerdy. I love, there is nothing better. I'm, I'm sure this is how couponers feel. They like get high and excited from getting a good deal. This is how I feel about getting a flight. I get so excited when I can say I flew internationally for 500 bucks or a thousand bucks or whatever, because it's exciting. So I just keep an eye on that. So if you can be flexible with your uh, time of when you're going, if you can be flexible with where you're going, that's going to save you a lot of money. But I also understand if you have one dream place in mind, I totally understand that. It's just going to take a little bit more um, time, energy, maybe a little bit more money um, to save for that particular trip. And that's okay. That is okay. But I just want you to know those are two different ways of approaching it, either picking a very specific place or being open and flexible with where you're going. So where to find cheap flights? I use a few different uh, sites. So for those of you that don't want to keep eyes on flights, you don't want to keep an eye on um, where you want to go, things like that. First one I would recommend, I am not, I, what I will say is I'm not sponsored by any of these people, although if these companies want to sponsor me, I would not be sad. So anyways, um, pomelotravel.com, pomelo like the fruit, P-O-M-E-L-O, travel, T-R-A-V-E-L.com. So you can sign up here for, it's a free newsletter. It's, it's not like a newsletter. It's like an email blast. I think they send out emails two or three times a week, maybe. And then you can sign up for their pre, like their premium package. If you want, you get cheaper deals. If you sign up, I've never signed up for that, um, but you can. And I, I hear great benefits to it. I just don't. But I love getting their emails because it always tells me. So what they'll do is they'll email you and be like, hey, fly to Hawaii for $250. If you click on it, it shows you the airports that you can get the cheapest flights out of. So um, I, one of the things where I live geographically, I know I have a lot of listeners um, that are spread throughout the US, even in Europe and Australia. Love you all. Thank you all for listening. Um, it might be a little bit different for you guys, but um, for Americans, I live in a very rural area. So usually flights out of my home airport is very expensive. So I do sometimes drive to a bigger city like Denver, which is about five and a half hours, six hour drive there to find a cheaper flight. Mainly because I really enjoy Denver and it saves me usually a butt ton of money. So pomelotravel.com will tell you major hub cities, basically, where flights are cheap from. So if you're rural America, that might be a little bit different, but maybe you can find a major city around you or find a flight from your um, local airport to a major hub. And sometimes those, those flights are cheap, depending. Again, if you're planning on this like well in advance, you should be able to find a cheap flight. But pomelotravel.com is great 
because they are constantly updating you and uh, they're telling you what time of year two that these flights are cheap for. Another site that I used to use, I don't use it as much anymore. I I don't really use it as much anymore, but for maybe some of you, um, it, it does lay out a good calendar for you, but hopper.com. It used to be really good for finding cheap flights. I still use it from time to time, not so much anymore. I feel like it's um, the booking process is not as reliable as it used to be, but I still sometimes use it in a rare occasion. So hopper.com, um, it'll tell you when flights are most expensive to go, least expensive. Um, the other one I really enjoy using is going.com. Going.com is another great one to find cheap flights. Again, they're going to be similar to Pomelo Travel. Um, so pomelotravel.com, hopper.com, going.com. These are three that I really recommend. If I'm just doodle bopping on a Sunday night and I want to see cheap flights internationally as a whole, like the whole world, I just go to Google Flights and I like zoom out and look at the whole world and it will tell you um, cheap flights anywhere in the world. Um, so if you are, say you, you know, you're going to have like a free two weeks in October, um, and you can put those dates in and then you can zoom out onto like an international map. It'll show you cheap flights, not cheap flights. It shows you just flights in general, and you can pick the cheapest one for your budget. Um, and that's honestly a fun way to travel because then you can decide, um, based off that. And that's kind of an adventure. You're like, oh, well, I can find a cheap flight to, um, I don't know, Morocco or wherever, Saudi Arabia, South South Central America, somewhere, anywhere, whatever. It's It just makes traveling really fun. So that's a really great way to use that as well. Um, something I'd recommend is clearing out your cash because we get, I don't, okay, for my little tech people, I know I'm not using the right terms for this, but um, once you Google flights or looking into a travel like destination, you're going to start seeing ads for it. They like connect these little bugs or they like are watching you, whatever. I don't care. I don't know how to say it. I don't know the techie terms for it. Anyways, they're going to up the prices for everything. So just clear your cash out when you are um, looking at these things or when you're going to come back to look at a destination, clear your cash out and start over again. Um, so that's how to find cheap flights. Pomelo Travel, Hopper, Going, and Google Flights. Those are the sites that I use. Biggest things you're going to spend money on besides your flight when you are traveling to keep in mind. Um, hotels or accommodation, food, transportation, and experiences. So those are going to be the big four ones. So your accommodation, your food, transportation, experiences, okay? So um, Biggest two are probably going to be your accommodation and food, depending on where you're traveling to. So let's start with accommodation. few things, if you are a younger solo traveler or you're adventurous travelers with you and your friends, or um, you can always do hostels. Hostels are very cheap. I used hostels when I was younger. Uh, I always felt they were really safe, really clean. I got to meet new friends internationally. I know there's a lot of stigma around hostels, and there's probably scary movie called Hostel. Anyways, life is what you make it. If you think bad things are going to happen to you, they probably are because you're attracting that, okay? So the world is not scary. Most everywhere I've traveled in the world is very safe. So don't listen to horror stories. I have my own sets of horror stories, but again, 
they're once in a blue moon. So don't don't let horror stories be the majority in your decisions what you do. So you can always do hostels. Um, Hotels.com, I really like because I like their rewards. Again, I'm not sponsored by anybody, but Hotels.com has been great for us. We can sort out um, budget uh, budget on there and we can sort out um when you're budgeting, you do kind of want to keep in mind what you want to spend every day on food and spend every day on accommodation, what you're able to afford. That's also going to dictate how long you're gone, things like that. Um, usually airline your airline tickets are going to be your biggest expenditure. So that's probably going to play a big role in how you budget and how much you're able to afford for accommodation, food and things. So accommodation, I like to use hotels.com because I can set my budget and I can also see reviews and I can see um, if I want to do a three-star hotel, four-star hotel, five-star hotel, uh, things like that, um, and then a rating review system. I just really enjoy Hotels.com. I, I travel so much for work. I travel so much for pleasure that um, the benefits really rack up. So again, hostels, Hotel.com. One I don't really use anymore because they drive the absolute bonkers out of me is Airbnb. I don't use them for accommodation anymore, but I do use them for something else that I'll get to here in a little bit. Airbnb, I don't really use for accommodation anymore because the price is not the price. For those of you that have used Airbnb recently or in the last year or two years, you know when you go to click on it, they tack on like a $150 cleaning fee for a two-night stay or a one-night stay or whatever. It's never just the base price when you look at Airbnb. And when you are planning a trip the last thing you want to do is be having to go through all these extra steps to actually know what something costs. I like being quick. I like being efficient and effective. I Airbnb just adds another step that just irritates the absolute bejeebus out of me. So I don't use them for accommodation, but people really enjoy them because they do give you a unique experience. The one thing I will say about Airbnb is that they give really unique experiences. For example, in Portugal, you could have stayed in a wine barrel in the Douro Valley, which is our wine wine country, which is really cool. You can stay in igloos in Finland. You can, they're, like they have a lot of unique experiences, boats in Iceland. Like they, they have really cool places that are going to be an experience in and of themselves. So that's one plus to Airbnb. I just don't like all the hidden fees and things like that. I just want to know what I owe someone without having to click on extra steps. Okay. So I'm accommodation. I use hotels.com. You can do hostels. You've got Airbnb. Some parts of the world have VRBO if you like that. Okay. So accommodation. Again, budgeting. I What I usually do, pick the cheapest flight that I can to wherever in the world. I set my budget for what I want to spend on my accommodation. The next thing you're going to spend money on is food. Okay, food can be really, really, really expensive. I'm a foodie girl, and I will spend a lot of money on food just because I want to experience everything. But here's the deal. Let's be real. If I'm in another country and it's either a really good, nice, expensive meal or going on a full-day excursion somewhere, I'm going to choose a full-day excursion versus uh, you know, eating really well that day. I'm not saying starve yourselves. That's not what I'm saying, but there are affordable options. Okay. So one thing is grocery stores, cook your own food, buy your own food. You can get uh, granola bars. You can get grab and go meals from grocery stores or local convenience stores. You can try their local cuisine that way. Um, and it's a lot more effective than getting food from a restaurant. So I know it doesn't sound fun to cook on your vacation, but honestly, you don't have to. A lot of them have a lot of like fresh to go meals. 
that are very affordable. Another hidden gem, I don't think this is necessarily for European countries, as I would say Asian countries. This is a highlight of my trips when I go to Asian countries. Is there 7-Elevens? Their 7-Elevens have some of the best, cheapest food. And I'm saying like really good sushi. I'm talking really good warm paninis that they warm up for you. Just really great food options at 7-Eleven for really cheap. So grocery stores, gas stations. Um, also, you'll find this a lot in European countries. Uh, are going to be like your pastry shops or your deli shops. So they'll have they'll sell like pizza by the slice for really cheap or like a, a pastry for really cheap. And they have sweet and or savory pastries uh, that are really, really, really affordable. And honestly, if you want to go to Europe and just eat out of pastry shops, you could and you could save a fortune. I think Slade and I went to Portugal and for breakfast, we, breakfast, we both got um, each got an espresso. And we both got a pastry, and I want to say it was like five euros. So super cheap. It's equivalent-ish to like a dollar, US dollar. Um, obviously, exchange rates change so much from day, week, month, year. But okay, you can't go to a local coffee shop and get an espresso and a pastry for $5 for one person, let alone two. So um, that'd be my recommendation for food. Do grocery stores, gas station, or like pastry shops that have sweet and savory options, okay? The other thing you're going to spend money on is going to be transportation. So transportation can mean multiple things here. So I personally, the only time I've ever rented a car is when I was in Iceland. It's because it is such a rural country. Um, I don't rent a car anywhere else. I know in my husband and I, especially traveling to Europe, well, even Asia too, is we walk a lot. I think we average anywhere between 12 to 15 miles a day on our feet. The reason being is we love exploring nooks and crannies of cities. You never know what hidden gems you're going to find. So the most free portion of transportation are going to be your feet, my sweet friends. Free is my favorite F word. So, But the other things that you can use are Uber. You can use taxis. Um... One that's not necessarily big over here, but is in European countries, which is like half the price of Uber, is Bolt, B-O-L-T, not .com, but they have their own app. Bolt is like an Uber app, basically, and it's half the price of Uber. Um, so if, in your, if you're in Europe and say you need transportation from like the airport to your hotel, that could be like five or six miles in and of itself. Bolt's a great option. Um, taxis also. Um, Sometimes you might have to, say, if you're in Venice, Italy, you might have to take a taxi boat. Um, transportation is just going to be one of those things that you just kind of got to suck it up and get. Um, sometimes, for example, especially in European countries, you take the train a lot. Uh, a cheaper alternative to taking a train would be a bus. Now, we took the bus a lot in our last trip to Portugal. Uh, it was really cheap. I want to say... We spent the most we spent, I say it's like 20 bucks for a bus ticket, and that took us like almost two hours. Um, but a lot of them were like between seven dollars, I want to say seven and eleven dollars, or was like a typical bus trip for us, anywhere between 30, 30 minutes to an hour ride, which is really cheap. So transportation is going to be a big one that you're going to spend money on too. If you are traveling a lot, 
geographically within a country or within countries. So um, for those of you, a little side note, <clears throat> flights to the US are really expensive. When you get into a European country or even an Asian country, anywhere else in the world, I feel like, flights within the country are super cheap. So when we were in Spain, we flew from Madrid to Palma de Mallorca. And I want to say it was like $98. When we flew from Porto to Madeira, I want to say that was maybe like $110. So it's, it's really, really cheap. And I say that's cheap because I'm from the Midwest where flights are very expensive. So um, if you're wanting to see a lot geographically and you have to fly, flying within these continents is usually very, very cheap in in perspective to what we're used to paying here in the US. So um, transportation is going to be one of those things that you're going to have to decide. Transportation also, if you're wanting to see a lot of the country and transportation is too expensive, then that doesn't fit in your budget, then you're going to have to whittle a few destinations or a few places off of your trip. Transportation is just going to be one of those things you're going to spend money on. Again, there's going to be cheaper ways you can go about traveling depending on what country you're going to. So look into Uber, look into Bolt, look into the local taxi system, look into um, trains and buses. We don't, at least here in the Midwest, we don't travel a lot with trains or buses, but they're widely used in many other countries. They're usually really nice, really efficient. So I would recommend that, um, those options. Uh, so the other thing I want to go into is experiences. Experiences that are also going to cost you money, um, but they don't have to cost an arm and a leg. So this is where Airbnb comes into play, and I love Airbnb for this. For those of you that don't use it a lot, there is an experience tab on Airbnb. So on the experiences tab, you can go into a major city like Rome or Paris or Bangkok or Tokyo, Buenos Aires, you, you can go in and put that in, put your dates in there, and it will pull up a bunch of local activities you can go to, from cooking shops to photo sessions to um, tours, wine tours, um, car tours, to just, it opens your world to so much of that country's culture and off the beaten path things you can do. Or if you're not a confident traveler, these experiences are great because they have a lot of um, day trips a lot of times where someone will come and put you in a van. This sounds really sketchy and I don't mean it sounds sketchy, but you like meet a group of people that are also traveling and you have a host essentially. They put you in a really nice van usually and they drive you around and take you to different experiences or take you to bigger, like the well-known monuments. They give you the inside scoop on it. You don't have to wait in lines usually. Um, it's worth every penny. I love Airbnb experiences. Honestly, it's made, it's, it, the money goes back into the local communities. Usually it's a local host. They usually end up giving you um, other great experiences to do, cheap experiences. They give you um, lists of restaurants that they would recommend that are affordable. I just cannot speak highly enough about Airbnb's experiences tab. Um, it it has we have made so many friendships off of doing their experiences and being paired with unlikely people from across the world. Um, and it's just a really like grounding experience to be around people that, that don't have that aren't from the states or aren't from your country and 
Um, you can kind of pick their brain and they can pick your brain. I don't, I just can't say enough about Airbnb's experiences. It's great and it can fit a variety of budgets, okay? Um, the other thing that's free is walking around. Just walk around and experience the city. You never know what you're going to find and you never know what free activities you're going to find or free museums you're going to find. So walking is actually just going to be your best friend because you're going to see so much of a city. You're going to see um, local happenings that are going on. So um, just walking around in and of itself is an experience in these cities. You might find a bar that you want to have a um, beer or a cocktail at, which is an experience in and of itself. Another thing you'll see a lot advertised are free walking tours. Now, these free walking tours, they are, they can be free. So you can go enjoy these tour groups where it's usually a walking tour around the city. Uh, it's usually a local walking tour tour guide that uh, will tell you about the city's history, different monuments, things like that. They can last anywhere between an hour to three hours. Um, and at the end, they just ask for donations. You don't have to donate to them. I always recommend it because that's usually how these people make their money. Um, but they are advertised as free walking tours. It's donate what you can at the end of the tour. Really great way to see and experience a city. Um, but remember, these are how these people make their, their money and pay their marketers and pay their car payments. So um, while this is a free walking tour, just do know that that is a donation-based experience. Okay. The other thing I really like to do for experiences, uh, and this one is also a free-ish option, is I like to go to local bulletin boards or to local Facebook pages um, for in that city that we're in to find what the locals are doing. So for example, when we go to another, anybody, any of us go to another country, all we think about is seeing the local monuments, seeing all the things that we see on Pinterest or Facebook or all the things that people say we need to go see. But what we forget is oftentimes that people that are living in these cities have a life. The locals have a life beyond their monuments, beyond their tourist attraction, beyond all these things, just like we do. We have local happenings, right? Like we have local um, bands that go and play in bars. We have local festivals. We have um, happenings that are going on in our towns. So they have that too. So a really fun thing is to find the local Facebook pages or local events pages or go to a local bulletin board in a grocery store or gas station or thing like that. And see what's going on, what the locals are going to be going to, seeing what's going on. Because a lot of these things are free. Festivals, most of the time, you can just go and walk in and it's usually free and you can experience it. Um, so I would highly recommend that because that takes you off the beaten path of traveling. And oftentimes those things are free. So another uh, free-ish experience, depending on where you're traveling, it still might cost you a little bit of money, are state and national parks. If you are a nature lover, hiking using your legs again. You are going to be in good shape when you're done traveling. <laughs> so if you are an outdoorsy person, you love hiking, state and national parks are going to be a really great thing for you. Now you're going to have to rent a car, or find transportation there. So you're going to have to weigh that out. You know, if you want to spend the money on transportation to get there, or maybe you're staying at this, like outside the state or national parks, I mean, that's not a problem for you. Um, but again, experiences, I'm just going to wrap this up really fast, is Airbnb experiences, amazing. Um, walk around on your own. Go off the beaten path. Find out what there is. One of, one of my favorite things for our last trip is we found a chocolate shop. We sat and had chocolate and espresso and just chatted and played games. There are free walking tours. Again, they're not necessarily free. They are donation-based, but you will see them most places you're going, most touristic places. Um Go to local Facebook pages or bulletin boards to find what local events are going on. Oftentimes, they are free. 
And then state and national parks, sometimes you do have to pay a fee to get into those, but they're usually very cheap. So these are some of my traveling on a budget chip, uh, traveling on a budget tip, if I can get that out, um, how to find cheap flights, um, biggest things you're going to spend money on, accommodation, food, transportation experiences. Uh, if you, I always, when you're traveling internationally, make sure you tell your credit card companies where you're going and for how long. That way you're, and you do that before you leave, that way your credit card will work or your debit card will work when you get into that country, okay? Um, the other thing is I always carry cash on me. Always, 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 always carry cash on me because you just never know. If you go to local eateries and stuff sometimes, depending on where you're going, may not always accept card. They may only accept cash. So always carry cash on you. When you're traveling internationally, I cannot stress this enough, always make sure you have your passport on you. Uh, if local authorities, I'm not saying this is scary. It's just good to have identification on you. Like in the U.S., you always carry your driver's license on you. When you're in a foreign country, always make sure that you have your passport on you and you're traveling. Um, you just never know um, if you're going to be asked for ID. Or a lot of times your um, hotel or Airbnb or your hostel accommodations are going to ask you for uh, your passport so they can see it. Obviously, you'll have it if you're checking the hotel. But I'm just saying, always keep it on you. I'm a retro girl. I have my fanny pack on me that has my passport, my phone, and any cash I may need in it. So um, depending on how long you're going for um, and where you're going is going to depend on how much cash you take with you. Most places have ATMs. Should you need more cash? Um, something else that I save money on, which is going to be an unpopular opinion probably amongst my traveling people, but um, is I do not pay for travel insurance. If I were to go back to like more of the rural Asian countries or South America, I would probably have travel insurance. If I'm going to Europe or um, like China or Japan, I wouldn't necessarily have travel insurance. That's just me, just because I feel comfortable in those areas. Um, I have nothing against like the more rural Asian countries or South America. It's just I'm not as well traveled in those areas. Um, but that is a place where I also save money. Another place I save money is I only travel with a carry-on in a backpack. I do not check a bag. Checking a bag, um, I like traveling light. I don't like weight weighing me down. And you have to pay extra to have a checked bag. And I just don't like spending money on that. So um, you really can ultimately decide how expensive or cheap you want to make something. Um, and biggest thing is have fun with the planning process. I, if someone were to give me their money and said, plan me a trip, I would absolutely be stoked because I love planning trips. I love everything <laughs> about the planning process, about the budgeting process of a trip. So, um, these would just be a few tips and tricks that I, that I personally use. If you have any further questions about budgeting, Biggest thing, guys, is you have rent you have to pay. You have a car you have to pay, okay? When you are budgeting and saving for a trip, oftentimes, like my husband and I, we don't go out a lot. We don't eat out a lot. We don't go get drinks very often. Um, I know we're speaking from a different perspective because we don't have kids. Um, but we just we just prioritize where we want our money to go. And the biggest thing that changed my mind about um, money and looking at money is 
which a couple books that like Rich Dad Poor Dad's a really good book. If you guys have not read that book, definitely recommend it. Totally changed my mindset of money. Um, and Dying with Zero, two really great books I'd recommend. Anyways, um, is every time you spend a dollar, it's casting a vote for what you want in life. So for example, if I'm spending a dollar on coffee, I'm casting a vote towards that's a priority in my life. Whereas if I'm saving that dollar, it means I am prioritizing travel. I'm not going to go get drinks with friends. It means I am putting that money towards my next trip. I'm prioritizing travel or I'm prioritizing saving up for something else, whatever. So just think of your dollar as a voting ballot. Where's my money going and how does this reflect what I'm prioritizing in my life right now? So um, again, you have your rent, your mortgage, your car payment that you have to pay a month. I would encourage you to treat budgeting a trip as a priority, as a must need to pay because it's so good for your mental health. It's so good for your life experiences. And it doesn't have to be overly expensive. It doesn't have to be crazy um, luxurious unless you want it to be. If you can afford 100 bucks a month, 50 bucks a month, 250 a month, 500 a month, whatever that looks like to you, just save it. Prioritize it and save it. Cut out the things in your life that you don't necessarily need so that you can go on this trip. Budgeting sounds like such a an annoying trigger word, but honestly, budgeting is what gives you financial freedom to live the life you want to live. And if living, and if you want to like get Starbucks and go out with friends every weekend, that's amazing. I am not going to judge you for that. But also, you can't have your like you can't go, be doing those things and complain that you don't have money to travel. So just keep that in mind when you're thinking about your dollar and how it's voting and how it is casting a vote for the life you want to live. Budget accordingly. And if you have any questions about how to use any of these tools, or if you already have a trip planned somewhere and you want insight, um, I, I may not have traveled there, but I might have some ideas for you of uh, resources, or I might have people that I do know that have traveled there that might be able to get your questions answered. Um, just know that I um, this is something I'm passionate about. And if you guys have questions, just reach out to me at givinggracepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, Thank you all so much. This ended up being a lot longer than I wanted it to be. But for those of you that are wanting to travel on a budget, I hope these tools and tips and tricks have helped you. I will see you all next week for our regularly scheduled programming. Okay, bye friends. Bye.